Did you get that, Aaron, by the way? Did I get what? The thing that you just took a picture yeah, of. Yeah, I did. Yeah, it's sitting nice. right here. <clears throat> what and is it? Nice. It's the uh, Warriors 3 minibust statues. You were loaded with money this week. Well, Zeus Comics is moving, and so they, they're, they're having this big moving sale, so everything's been 50% off. Moving to a smaller store? No, bigger store. But they don't want to move. They don't want to move the stuff. I mean, uh, he was telling me that DC has this great uh, program to restock you. And he's like, it's cheaper for me to blow this stuff out at 50% off and restock the store than it is to move it. Gotcha. And he's even got, he was even like this week, uh, he had stuff that's like normally 30 bucks for $5. Ooh, yeah. That's, I mean, that's, yeah. yeah. And I was what just, did you get me? Uh, I got me uh, the Jesse Quick Amicami figure. No, 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 me, me, mm. me. And I got me uh, a couple of trades, and I uh, uh, really didn't get you anything, Paul. Hold on, let me check. Yeah, I got your ass here. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I-, I heard a rumor that he collects Superman now, so. There's a rumor. But he also, I heard a rumor he blew all of his paycheck on three Superman statuettes, and that his, and that his accountant sucks, and that, that's why he's in debt now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that guy, a, he's like, well, if you spend 49% of your money on Superman statues, you'll still have 61% left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, you know, Superman collectibles, that is a sound market proof <laughs> investment. Uh-huh. Now, Paul, it was funny. Yesterday, Paul and I were uh, talking about uh, the Dark Knight trade. Or the, the the Dark Knight Returns uh, collection, and Paul's got like the big Absolute Edition, the Frank Miller, uh, and it's too big to read. And so I was talking about my leather bound uh, Dark Knight Returns collection, and so we're 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 both you know kind of communi- talking about it, looking on Amazon, and Amazon, yeah, and and my uh, my book is out of print, as is Paul's Absolute Edition, and you can buy it you can buy it from some Amazon aff- affiliated seller for like a hundred and some dollars. For, for my copy. But if you want to sell it to Amazon, three bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Amazon. <laughs> no, it, if you want to sell that book, it's eBay. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, Amazon does offer like on, on what were you saying? It was 60 bucks for yours, Paul? Yeah, the Absolute Dark Knight was like 60 bucks, And that was a while ago that I checked. I mean, it's probably either, you know, those things go up and down so quickly. That's what she said. <laughs> I hope Eight. not. Oh, uh, this, this is a big fucking list. We better kick this pig. Yeah, because Andrew has a hard stop. Andrew's got a hard stop. I can't be on. I got to go off and play soccer. No, I don't have to play soccer. You know you're playing. <laughs> you know playing. you're out there. Being athletic. We're going to draw a caricature of you, you know, with your big head chasing a soccer ball. <laughs> Could you? That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> Let's just hope he's not keeping score. <clears throat> Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> it took me a second. No. Now I'm there. That's good. It's little kid sports, Paul. Everybody gets a trophy. Everybody's a winner. Oh, that's true. Everybody yeah, gets orange one slices. You're all winners. I love winners. We're not keeping score. We're just gonna play for 45 minutes. I remember when when uh, I was playing football in grade school. You could they, they would they would give you uh, uh, soda after the game if you won the game. Nice. If you did not win the game, you got water out of a Dixie cup, and the water is generally warm. <laughs> I think we saw that game in that movie, Leatherhead. <laughs>
Funny Books with Aaron, Polly, Tim, Wayne, and Andrew. I'm Aaron. This is Polly. This is Wayne. This is Tim. This is Andrew. Well, you know, it's one of those Clark Kent Superman situations, you know, um, Neither Andrew nor I were on the show last week, and we both had a cold. I fear that people are going to put it together, Andrew. They're going to know we were making out. Exactly. Mm. <laughs> that's uh, that's going to be awkward to explain to the wife. Yeah, yeah. Oops. I don't you think know. she's going to understand our love. Well, but, you know, our love is a beautiful thing. It is. Yeah. It is. It should be. It should really be appreciated and, and rejoiced in. But exactly, I, there is nothing beautiful about the dirty, dirty things you two do to each other. I got Lady Gaga's bad romance song playing in my head. No. <laughs> so you feeling better, Andrew? I am. How are you? Did the whiskey help? You know, uh, my my theory last Friday night was that you know I I, I had this you know awful cough and. Uh, that I, I just thought that maybe I could burn it from my throat with uh, a lot of bourbon and uh, cigars. And or that, drowning it. Drowning it's the key. And uh, that did not prove to be the case. Ooh. So, uh, yeah. No, I, I was I was uh, sick all last weekend. I was actually sick all that the week prior to last weekend as well. I was, I was traveling out in beautiful scenic uh, Kansas and uh, uh, spent that entire week sick. So, yay. You know, they have those labs where they work on viruses out there. You think you might have caught oh, something? Yeah, you know, most likely. And, you know, when I when I flew back on the plane, I'd like to point out that, number one, it was a sold-out flight. And I coughed the entire time I was on the plane and running fever. And the poor woman sitting next to me leaned as far away from me as she possibly could with her hand over her face for the entire flight. Yes, my friends, I'm patient zero. Yeah, I think I've read this book. It's called <laughs> Outbreak. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. might also be the start of the stand, honestly. Ooh, yeah, uh, that even better. Captain Trips. Yeah, I uh, I, uh, I killed everyone on that plane. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if you are on flight 632, we just, want to, apologize. Yeah. We just want to apologize now. So, you know, I, I, I've been traveling a lot, and uh, I checked into my hotel in, in uh, Kansas, and this uh, young woman checks me in, and she's, you know, in her 20s, and she's cute, and, uh, you know, she's, she's asking me, you know, have you stayed with us before, yada, yada, no, I've not. And so she's, you know, working on her terminal, checking me in, and she's looking down at the terminal, and she's, she's, she says, would you like me to give you a tour of the facility? And take you to your room. And so my immediate response is no. And uh, I know she heard it as if she had said it as, so uh, would you like me to give you a tour of the facility and perhaps show you to your room? <laughs> but that's not how I heard it. You know, I know she's thinking, oh, this this old guy thinks that uh, you know I'm hitting on him. But no, she – Looks up and she she she's you know typing on her terminal and she says, "Would you like to, me to give you a, a tour of the facility?" And then she cranes her head over to me at this weird angle and has this freaky ass smile on her face that says to me, "I am going to eat your soul." And it it, it, it literally in my head I heard it as, "And show you to your room." And maybe it was because I was on a Nyquil hangover at the time, but it scared the shit out of me. 
And I was like, no, no, no. No lie. Every night I was there that week, I had a nightmare about that woman. <laughs> that she, she, she was demon-possessed and coming to eat my soul. Uh, Aaron had a paragon well. of bravery. <laughs> were, were you having flashbacks to paranormal activity? Yeah, man. I, I just – it was – every night I had this horrible dream about that woman. Was it a quality inn? Uh, no. Oh. It was the Overlook Hotel. <laughs> yeah, they, they've moved to Kansas. <laughs> well, no, it's, it's the Overlook East. <laughs> so, did you hit that? No way. <laughs> Demon style. Demon style. Demon style. <laughs> Not even in your dreams. I just kept hearing, you know, I need an old priest. I need, need a young priest. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, sorry, buddy, but I'm glad you're feeling better now. I am feeling better. And, and now you're back on the podcast. And now I'm back on the podcast. And, and, not demon-possessed, so. In theory. Well, mostly. Mostly not demon-possessed. <laughs> that, you know, that's, that's your and, Andrew did the accounting on that. And, <laughs> <laughs> and you are 10% demon-possessed and 95% not. <laughs> Otherwise, he's more, not more than normal. Those uh, those are my numbers, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So Paul, yes sir. Um, tell me, tell me about your uh, your Superman thing that's going on. I know there's been a new acquisition. Yeah, there, there's well, there's basically a new acquisition every week to to, to my Superman collection. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Um, sometimes you know small things. Uh, like this week I bought um, Superman Kryptonite hardcover uh, by Darwin Cook and Tim Sale. That looks really good. I've never read it though. Oh, it's quite good, especially if you like Darwin Cook and Tim Sale. I mean, that it's kind of a really awesome team. Yeah, I like Darwin Cook's writing better than I like Jeff Loeb's writing. So, um, but you know, so I, I've got my small little collection. I, I haven't let it get out of hand yet. Yeah, like those people on Collection Intervention. Were you here when I talked about that show the last time? Yes. Well, I was here when you talked about it. I don't know if it was the last time. Yeah, I've, I've had like eight shows that I've not been on this in the last two months, right? So, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, no, but you were on the first time I talked about <laughs> it. <laughs> and since then, they've had an episode about a guy who actually collects comic books. Uh-huh. And he had 30,000 comic books. And I'm thinking – Is that too much? Wayne. I didn't know Wayne was on TV. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Is that too much? You know, <laughs> you hear the number and you think no, but then you see the guy's house and you think yes. <laughs> see, the problem There's, isn't the number. It's probably just how he has it stored. Yeah, he's just not being efficient in his storage. That's right. Yeah. Well, doesn't that's, he, have, doesn't that's he have a room dedicated to it in his basement like I do? No. Uh, he had his living room, his bathroom, it's everywhere. His entire house, basically, was was comic boxes. Long well, that's box. just not keeping good care of your comics. You don't want them in Agreed. the bathroom unless you're reading them. Every single one was bagged and boarded. But so here's the thing. This guy, he was really protective of his collection. Like half of the episode, he spent talking about his collection of Quasar comic books. Oh, those are good books. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. I love those Quasar books. (laughs) I I just he just kept talking about Quasar. I'm like, dude, of all things you need to be attached to your run of Quasar. Quasar is great. What are you talking about? But anyway, his favorite writer was James Robinson. I love James Robinson. No, that's okay. I'm, yeah. I'm not making fun of that aspect. All right. So they got James Robinson to come and tell the guy to cut the shit. Oh, God. And sell some of his books. 
I gotta find this. I gotta find this episode. <laughs> if, you, if you if you have Sci-Fi Channel, it's probably on demand. If you have on demand, yeah, James Robinson actually showed up and said, "Dude, <laughs> it's not it? about the quantity; it's about the quality." But isn't and, James Robinson British? And didn't he go, "Dude, dude, dude, Cheers. Cheers. Yeah. Oh yes, <laughs> <laughs> See, my, my wife keeps wanting to record the show and have me watch it, but I still I refuse to watch it because I have a feeling I'll side with the people with the collections and be angry at all the people trying to make them give up their stuff. You know, it what? sounds like to me is that your wife is probably arranging an intervention. Yeah, <laughs> yeah trying to break it to you gently. Now just be real careful. If she asks you to sign anything, make sure you read real careful what she puts in front of you. Well, and no. mo- most likely, you know, when she built you your comic case, Wayne, she's saying this is as many as you can keep. This and no more. <laughs> uh, that's not you go this work. far, no further. <laughs> but no, I really like the show, and yeah, there's a little bit of. You know, you're siding with the the side of the guy with the collection, but the problem is they always show these guys who don't have control over their collections. You know, I mean, they truly need an intervention because you can't get into you can't even get into some of the rooms of their house because they're blocked and stuff like that. I mean, it's like hoarders, but with comic books or Transformers or Thundercat toys. Like one guy this week was Thundercats. Oh, did um, they make someone sell their Transformer stuff? Yeah. Oh, and yet, Wayne's pissed I off because he's just hearing about it. Yeah. Yeah, he he had a Transformers toy that was worth I think fifteen hundred dollars, and he sold it oh. because it wasn't a. It's you know it he he needed to get rid of some of the stuff. You you know what? Just see it. It is really good. The comic one James, when James Robinson showed up, he actually signed. Uh, he actually brought him this this guy the script for the Shade Number Twelve before it even came out, and signed it for him. I'm like, that's pretty cool. He said, you can you know. Yeah, and then, the guy needed one more thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the guy ended up trading like. 2000 comics for a copy of uh incredible hulk 181 the first appearance of wolverine right um so i mean they they do you know it's not just about getting rid of stuff it's about purging the crap you don't need to make your collection more worth it so i think it's a good show but yeah the, the comic book one i watched that i'm like ah oh. I, I, that's aaron quasar and james robinson if the guy had gone to blows about his Micronauts collection... Fuck yeah. That would, <laughs> you keep your goddamn stinking hands off my Micronauts. I, I have to admit, I would, I would fight if someone tried to get rid of my Sleepwalker collection. Oh, that's a shame. Or Darkhawk. Do you like Darkhawk? Oh, jeez. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> I don't have very many Darkhawks. I have the entire run of Sleepwalker, though, every issue. Hell yeah. I remember, you know, there was a period when I was a kid, people would say, well, how many comic books do you have? And, you know, at some point I stopped counting. You know, yeah, right. I freaking know. Yeah, yeah. I, do, I do the math based on the boxes. Right, okay. Like, I know about how many a short box can hold, yeah. about how many a long box, and then I mentally count the boxes in my head. Yeah. When uh, I was single, I, I had a, a whole room in my house dedicated to my long boxes, and had it set up like it was a comic shop, you know, with them on the tables, ready to review. And uh, you know, when when my wife and I got married, I was I was I was informed that that was going to stop. <laughs> and, and 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 first it, wife, first wife. <laughs> <laughs> see, that's the difference there, Eric. Because see, my wife, when we when we bought this house, she's like, that room in the basement would be perfect for you to fill with your comic books. Yes, where the poop comes up from the floor. 
<laughs> we didn't know that at the time. Nice. Or did she? <laughs> oh, you know, was it really an accident? Basement. Or planned? <laughs> did she eat a lot of fiber one bars that week? <laughs> <laughs> let's let's change the topic. You know, last night, I, I'm very excited because. Our local brewery's pumpkin ale is back out. So, you know, last night I was drinking one and enjoying it. And I thought, I wonder how that whole pumpkin face thing turned out. So, Paul, tell us. I have a follow-up. A couple weeks ago, I talked about my uh, my brash misuse of our press credentials. And uh, I said, hey, I, I emailed the makers of pumpkin face rum, or the importers of pumpkin face rum. And I told them, hey, we talk about comic books and role-playing games. Why don't you give us some of your rum for free? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, that didn't work. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, so I have a response today. Dear Paul, thank you for your interest in pumpkin face rum. It is now available for purchase <laughs> online at the following links. And then they give me the use. They, they give me a description of all three rums. So if you like, if you want to get pumpkin face rum, you can buy it at NapaCast.com. I believe but, uh, that translates to "screw you, Mister Aponte." Yeah, essentially. Well, I think so, it's you know, Mister Aponte. Clearly, you're 12 years old. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't even ask for my press credentials. They're just like, screw off. Uh, I so, personally want the reserve. That's what so I. So why want. why are we pimping them yet again? Well, I, I think because the ne- <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 not done yet. No, I'm, I'm not- <laughs> I say I I would be willing to pimp anyone that gives Paul the cold shoulder. Yeah. Well, because Aaron used to talk about cigars. Yeah, I, I'm assuming if there was a special cigar that came out, Aaron could probably point <clears> them <throat> to some articles. So apparently, I need to write some articles about rum. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you we can we, you can show your tweets. I tweet about it frequently. Yeah, linked <laughs> you once. Yeah. Well, but didn't work. Didn't work. Uh, I, I do like those bottles. They're pretty awesome, but not as awesome. As the big announcement this week on Star Trek's was it fortieth anniversary yesterday? Was it? Yeah, that's why. Google oh, is that why like Google has the thing? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Was it is fortieth? I thought it was forty sixth. Yeah, the forty sixth anniversary of Star Trek was uh, this past week. If you're listening to the podcast, um, and I, I, the, if they're listening to the podcast, Paul, I was. I was I, <laughs> 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 Otherwise, it wasn't last week. <laughs> <laughs> and they announced the title of the new Star Trek film. Yeah. Yeah. Star Trek Into Darkness with no colon. No colon. It's There's like no you're Star Trekking Into Darkness, yo. They got I don't know how I feel about instead. it. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you think of the title, Aaron? I don't know. I don't know what I think about, you know, using, uh, you know, Trek as a verb. Uh in, in, in that, but you know, I, I've got faith in J.J. Abrams. I really liked the 2009 movie. Um, I hope it means that it's a it it is a uh, a darker toned movie. You know that it is a uh, you know a lot of action. That there's a lot at stake in the movie. Um, you know, I, I just want them to kind of ramp it up and and not ha- you know, immediately cut to their version of Star Trek Four. You know, with the whales. Yeah, you know. Ooh, I love the whales. I like I the whale one. I, I know you. Do. Ah, Jesus! I it's like my favorite whales. of the original series movies. Yeah, I, I love I, Nimoy walking around with a headband around the whole time, looking like a hippie. 
Yeah, I, I just I just want I, I, my favorite of the movies are the darker movies, you know, Wrath of Khan, First Contact, uh, Star Trek Six. But you don't hear you don't hear phrases like nuclear wessel. Exactly. That would be exactly my point. Yeah. <laughs> that says about you, Aaron, that you only prefer the darker ones. Um, I, I think that it says that uh, uh, I have excellent taste. That's what I think it says. <laughs> I, I agree. Yeah. yeah, you hang out with us on Saturdays. All shots of having excellent taste are out the window already. Hey, this is my, my court-mandated community service chief. <laughs> <laughs> Going on how many years? <laughs> he did something really awful, apparently. Right. It's that collection of Quasar. He ripped the trim off a bumper is what he did. <laughs> so, you know, I uh, someone's Kazar collection. <laughs> I'm curious to see if, if – when they use the word into darkness, are they using it in a, a sense of the mood and style of the movie? Or are they just literally, you know, you're, you're exploring dark places in the universe. You know, they're continuing mission to search out and find. Yeah. You know. I would imag- imagine that it has multiple meanings. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah, have you heard the episodes it's based off of? No, I have not. I wasn't aware that they've officially released that information. Yeah. There were uh, two episodes it was based off of, and one of them, uh, I can't remember the name of the episode, but it was uh, the one where they go to the edge of the galaxy. I think it's oh, okay. uh, that, that where would, no man's gone before. Where no man's gone before the 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 first Kirk episode. Yeah, I don't remember that. It's the 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 silvery eyed guy Gary Mitchell and uh, uh, Elizabeth Danar become imbued with the powers of gods. Yeah, you know, I heard that rumor, but <clears throat> they had also adapted that story. In IDW's exactly. Star Trek series, which is supposedly in continuity, right? So, I mean, I'm, I'm I don't know if they're going to retread the same or undo what was done in the comic book. I don't With know. the name Into the Darkness, it would make sense. Yeah, True. but Into the Darkness could be, I, I, it could mean anything. And so, I'm not going to speculate on what the, the movies, what the the plot of the movie is going to be. I just have big hopes that you know it's going to have a big stakes and you know be more serious than, than comedic now i think it needs to have a sense of humor i just don't want it to be over the top comedy like you know voyage home was see i'm really that, looking forward to it because the last one disappointed me you know with the uh the time travel story they did it, like, everything it, else about it was good except for that part of the story it really wasn't a time travel story though it was an alternate universe story just need to clarify Use your nerd voice, Aaron, when you say that. Use your nerd voice. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. It's, it's really an alternate universe story. It's not the time travel. That's so silly. It, it was time travel creating an alternate universe, and I could have. Done. Oh my god, are we no. still talking about? No, this? no <laughs> why are we doing this? Alternate universe story. There was none. Uh, ah! Jesus Christ! <laughs> was it is a travel. wonder. No, it, it wasn't. It was alternate universe. This there is, is why there... people hate Star Trek fans right fucking here. <laughs> yes. So yeah. porn. Let's talk about well, yeah. why, do, yes. why do people – Porn. <laughs> so Black Kiss 2 like, came out Star from Trek Image. Porn? I'm sure there's a porn parody out there. Star there Trek is. would have been so much better than this garbage. They're not letting yeah. go of the Star Trek, man. No, so Black Kiss 2 came out uh, this week from Image. Issue 2 of, of Black Kiss 2. It's kind of hard. Black Kiss 2 Issue 2 came out this week from Image. Yeah. It was banned in Canada and the United Kingdom. I can only assume because it's so horribly written. Paul? <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I read that Black Kiss 2 was banned uh, in, in the UK. It didn't even cross my radar. and th- But then it got banned in Canada. And I'm like, what the hell is this book about? I'm like, it's an image book. How bad can it be? Illustrated, 
Written and illustrated so, by Howard Chaikin, right? Written and illustrated by Howard Chaikin. Um, written is a relative term. Yeah. <laughs> this book is hardcore pornography. <laughs> yeah, I, I've officially banned it in my house as well. <laughs> I, I was genuinely shocked that the book was actually released by Image. Um, I know Image's creator, you know, creator-owned books and all that, but I thought, I mean, you know, you don't see pornography coming out from any of the big guys. I mean, yeah. and this is straight pornographic. So There's no, parent- you know, it's not like Saga, you know, it, it's it's it's. It's a million times worse than anything we talked about in that saga issue. Yeah, apparently they tried to ban the first issue, but they fought it. This issue, they couldn't fight it. Apparently, you know, the scene where somebody gets their penis bitten off was enough that, yeah, they couldn't fight the, the ban. So, yeah. you know, you look at books like Saga, which it's going to be explicit and gratuitous, uh, but it, it's really well written. It's got a great plot. Usually the gratuitous goes along with what something they're trying to do with the story. With Black Kiss 2, uh, they're really it, the story's incomprehensible to me. The art is such, you know, it's black and white art, but it's not very clean black and white art. Yeah, it's, I've seen some really good books that are black and white. This was not on par with any of them. I don't think Chaikin's art really lends itself to black and white anyway. I'm not the hugest Howard Chaikin fan, but I, I don't necessarily like his black and white art to begin with. You know, yeah. you guys are complaining like this. I mean, it's not like, you know, you had a woman in there sucking off a horse or something. Uh, <laughs> or maybe we did. <laughs> so you're flipping through the book right now. Huh? I am. This is this is pretty terrible. It's all <laughs> it's, uh, you know. Yeah, it's there's just no reason to read. I don't know what. Chaikin was thinking when, no when reason he to created read. There's this. no reason for this book to exist. No, there really isn't. Well, It'll be something that no one will remember six months after the last issue comes out. Well, you know, knowing how uh, Wayne feels about, you know, full frontal Dr. Manhattan, there's, there are pages in this book that I can only imagine upset Wayne a great deal. <laughs> <laughs> like the first page? Or, or like, like when the penis gets bitten off. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah. Because yeah. that bothered me. Well, that would never happen to Dr. Manhattan because he'd be able to see the future and know that he could avoid that. Well, there's the horse page, of course. Yeah. Because a horse is a horse, of course, of course. Are you saying that's Mr. Ed? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is, ho- it is a Hollywood party. I don't know. It, you know what? <laughs> Since none of us read the book, it could very well be... <laughs> Yeah, but uh, you can find if you just want something to titillate you, you can find much better things than this. I, out there. I tried it, to read it. You know the uh, you know just flipping through it. I have no idea about the story, but you know the I, I'm not a prude. I, I don't mind you know the sex and the comics, but the uh, the artwork is not particularly good. I would absolutely no. agree. I don't think that there's a there's a good use of grayscale. In the uh, in the black and whites, and it's so murky. It's almost like it was inked with the intent of it being colored, and then it was never colored. You know what I'm saying? The, the story is: dude has a magical schlong <laughs> that gets big, and everybody wants a taste. And once you get a taste, you're a vampire, basically, or something. It's like they're That's writing it. about me. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> I don't know if that's a comparison you want to invite. Uh, it's um. You know, I, I agree. I'm not a prude like Aaron. I, I don't mind seeing sex in books. I mind 
I don't know. I mind it when there's literally no point. It's gratuitous. And, you know, this book, and it's excessive. And this book just, it seems like it was just a sex book. And if you want just a sex book, you know, there there are definitely some places out there. Um, I'm not the type who looks to comic books for my, my sex my sex media is entertainment. It, is it chat sexness? Is it your sextitude? I, I always sex picture it. I picture Paul's more of a Blu-ray guy. No, chat yeah, really. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Blu-ray. Are you kidding me? Paul sets up I'm not paying for that. Paul sets up his <laughs> webcam and then just starts clicking away. Yeah. <laughs> chat roulette. Hey, look, hey, look <laughs> it's a diorama. I go to the ideology of madness message boards for that. <laughs> we have we have message boards. Yeah, we, we do. do. Um, uh. So, Paul, you know, a good example is the darkness. The darkness has a lot of that kind of stuff, but it's mm-hmm. part of the story. Exactly. It, there's a story. There's it's this is I don't know. It's sex. It's not pornography. And this book is pornography. Um, and you know. Look at Irresistible, which we'll talk about later. It's kind of the, in the same thing. It, it does have sex in it, but it's also well written and well drawn. Yeah. So I, I just I'm I'm a little surprised that I'm a little surprised that they didn't think it would get banned. <laughs> I mean, there are laws uh, as far as maybe they realized they did. Think about it. Everyone's talking about this book because it got banned. Would we have ever even paid attention to it if it hadn't got banned? No, no they're the getting a bunch of free press for getting banned, and it's people are going around the band to get copies of the book that I'm sure they would have never bought if it wasn't banned. Well, you know what? Here's the thing: Would any of us, despite the controversy, would any of us have even bothered with this book if we didn't have a free press press copy? Oh, absolutely not. No, no. <laughs> even with the controversy, I would have been like, "Oh, that sucks." Yeah. <laughs> but other people are buying it because of that. I mean, there's copies going up on like eBay and things where people are buying it over in the UK. And it's like I don't know why. Well, I don't know why anyone would buy this book because they're stupid Brits. No, <laughs> so no, it's because it's it's the allure of the forbidden, right? It's it's you can't have this, so suddenly everybody wants it. it it's it's just you know standard human psychology. When you once you tell someone they can't have it, suddenly they want it more than they did before. So, so for our friends who may listen to us in England or Canada, you don't really don't. There's no, yeah, you don't. You, you, you don't, don't want this. this. You don't want this. Trust no, us. No, it's it's not worth it. You know, import something else. Good. Import something Just, good. So speaking of wanting things I can't have yet, I want the new Avengers right now. I mean, the, right now the new. I want Marvel thing? now Avengers right now. <clears throat> you want it Marvel right now. <clears throat> right I want it now. Marvel today. <laughs> I want uh, Marvel tomorrow today. So the new Jonathan Hickman, Jerome Opeña Avengers book, they they released a um, the variant covers for the first three issues. They're interlocking covers, and it reveals a pretty damn big team. <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm just going to list them off real quick here. The, the characters who you can make out on the cover. There are some that are still in shadow, but you've got Cannonball, Captain Marvel, Captain America, Hulk, Wolverine, um, that bird guy, <laughs> Captain America's friend, bird guy, a uh, Falcon, yeah, uh, Thor, Black Widow, Sunspot, Iron Man, Hawkeye, Spider Woman, and Spider Man. It's a big team. It is a yeah. big ass team. I really like the new Iron Man armor on that cover too. Oh, I do too. The black and yellow. Yes. 
I, I'm a little concerned as to the inclusion of Cannonball and Sunstar. Oh, no, that is exactly why I'm interested in this book. Yes. Yeah, I used to really like Cannonball back before they ruined the character. So yeah. the idea of putting giving him to Jonathan Hickman, oh, I'm excited. Yeah. Wait, weren't those guys both on uh, X-Force by Rob Liefeld? Yeah, and that was okay. <laughs> and they and they were and they were and Cannonball was really good post executioner song too for a while. True. Yeah, the, and then they uh, one of my them. one of I'm my not, favorite X Men comics of all time is Cannonball versus Gladiator. I have that one, but yeah, no, that's exactly why I saw, I saw Cannonball on the Avengers sold <laughs> in it sold American in it. Yep, I'm down. And there's still one character who's in the shadows. Um, I don't know who it is. He's got a, a an interesting design on his chest, and He's it looks Infinity familiar. Man. Yeah, it looks familiar, but I don't know from where. But no, I think it's an interesting team, and they showed some preview art. And uh, if I don't know how many people are familiar with Jerome Pena, he did the opening arc of uh, Uncanny X Force. That guy does some awesome art. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. Yeah, that that arc just looked beautiful. Yeah. Now I'd imagine he's only doing the opening arc for Avengers as well. Um, because it seems like he did the opening arc for Punisher by uh, uh, the, not the Greg Rucker one, but the the run before, the Rick Remender run. He did the opening arc there. He did the opening arc for Uncanny X-Force. But I don't... Uh, I it's a bait and switch. They bring you in with this incredibly good art. And then once you're hooked after the first storyline, then they switch it out to someone else. Oh, you don't think they're going to do that with... Um, almost every Marvel every now title fan. they've announced. You've got books by John Cassidy. Right. Yeah, I'm sure he'll stick on for 50 issues. Well, yeah, knowing my luck, Alberto Ramos is going to be doing every Marvel book. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> oh, God. I'd be that all would be on fantastic. that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. I'd Marvel. But, no, I'm excited about the team. I'm excited about the book. Um, I love Jonathan Hickman, so I'm going to give just about everything he writes a first-issue shot. Absolutely. Because it's only it's burned me very few times to give a Jonathan Hickman book a, tr- a shot. Yep. And typically it's the art, not him, that I dislike. Um, like Manhattan Projects, love the story, can't stand that art. So speaking of giving things a shot, Paul, Mighty Thor nineteen. Oh, we're not talking. We're not. We're not going back to Black Kiss. <laughs> no. no, I think I think we hammered that. No, we're one. Done. We're, we're we're streets ahead. <laughs> Uh, look at all the jokes. Um, <laughs> all right, so we have a Matt Fraction twofer this week. Twofer! Twofer. Starting with the Mighty Thor number 19, the second part of Everything Burns, which is the concluding um, chapter of both Matt Fraction's Thor run and Kieran Gillen's Journey into Mystery run. You see what um, Paul did there? Like, my transition wasn't good enough. You had to fucking redo it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I'm like the Matt Pickfield comic books. Jerk. <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> so, Tim, what did you think of the book? Oh, now you want to talk to Tim. Now you want to hear what Tim has to say. Yeah, well, uh, I wanted to hear what he has to say so I can restate it better. <laughs> I think Paul's an ass. <laughs> that's, hey, that's fair. That's fair. I, uh... I was pleasantly surprised at how good this book was. Agreed. I, you know, I, I had, I had low expectations. Uh, and I think it surpassed it. Like, I, I don't know. My favorite part is right in the beginning where he's telling, he he's, he's talking to the, the warriors three 
and just explaining why he would he would fight for his for his brother. That was fan fucking tastic. I love mm-hmm. that part. And and the and the rest of it was was good. It wasn't like it wasn't great, you know, but it it was solid. Yeah, I mean, you know, up till now, Thor's been defending his brother Loki, but more out of ignorance, not knowing what Loki's been doing. In this issue, Loki tells Thor everything. Actually, I think that was um that was last Journey issue. Into Mystery. Yeah, he tells Thor everything, and Thor still stands by his side. And um, you know, I think it was a really damn good book. And uh, if you like what Kieran Gillen's been doing on Journey into Mystery, this is this storyline seems more of a conclusion to that than anything that was set up in Thor, um, the Matt Fraction's Thor arc. This is really all about everything that Loki's been doing for the last couple years, coming back and basically haunting all of Asgardia. And they, and they have to clean up the mess. And it's 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 this crazy epic storyline. And um, I, I really liked this issue. And, you know, I'm sure they're jointly writing the issues. I'm sure it's not Matt Fraction writing every page and of this book and Kieran Gillen writing every page of Journey into Mystery. But it works. It works really well. Oh, yeah. It really does. Um, we're not going to spoil the ending, but if you've been reading Journey into Mystery, you need to read this book. Yeah, this this book has a a shocker of an ending. Yeah, uh, you know, I I, I was it definitely. You're, I I get the I get the feeling that yeah, this was something that Kieran Gillen was driving, but I you know you could definitely tell that Matt Fraction wrote some of this, and like I said, I I thought it was solid. Yeah, it wasn't Which, bad. It it had it it it's. Because one of the things we had a problem with Fear Itself was that characters acted out of character, and that you know there was no real substance to the story. It was just one big fight scene. And again, it might just be the intervention of Kieran Gillen here, but this book is it is like Fear Itself. You know, it's a big epic as Guardian battle, but it has everything that was missing from that. You know, Thor acts in character. And you know the, the, these characters have heart and substance, and you know there's genuine growth here, and I I really like that about this book. So yeah, I, I, I'm going to buy. I'm going to continue buying this book until the the end of the storyline. So uh, you know, I would agree. Took, I would agree. I I think I'm in at this point. Yeah. It only took 12 issues for me to come back to Mighty <laughs> Thor, but I'm back. <clears throat> but uh, speaking of Matt Fraction. Hawkeye number two came out this week by Matt Fraction and David Aha. Ah, ah, and Aaron. I, you know, I, I, I'm, I so heart this book. Oh my god, wasn't this book awesome? This, I mean, and <clears throat> all the action and story that they crammed into these pages. I mean, it's like they squeezed all that in with a shoehorn, Paul. <laughs> you know, reading this book, you can kind of shows me. On the remember we talked about Immortal Iron Fist, yeah. which was by Brew Baker Fraction and the same artist. Yeah, um, I can see that Brew Baker brought a more grounded feel to Iron Fist yeah. because without Brew Baker, Matt Fraction is just kind of all kinds of crazy. I mean, this right. book is nonstop action and humor and adventure and stuff like that. So you know, it, I can see what Brew Baker brought to Iron Fist. Um, and it does, despite the the similarities in creative teams, it does feel like a different book. Yeah, yeah. The the uh, what I'm really responding to in the book, you know, the, the whole premise of this book is that this is what Hawkeye does when he's not being an Avenger, you know. And 
the the style of the book, you know, the 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 pencils that you know David Aha is laying down are so that there is this this pulpy feel to it, this really really gritty kind of feel to it as well. Uh, it reminds me a lot of Gotham Central, and you know, I, and I say that because I've been reading all forty issues of Gotham Central over the last two weeks. And it really does have that kind of similar tone, even though you know, uh, you know, you've got more superhero action here than you have over on uh, Gotham Central. Um, but it's, so it's, what he does when he's not an Avenger is just recover from injuries, right? Well, for six, that, six months, six weeks, six weeks. Six weeks. That's, weeks. that's all you need to re- to recover from a shattered pelvis, um, you know. But uh, <clears throat> this book is fantastic. You know, one of the things I hate is I hate the circus. And I, I hate characters that come from the circus, generally speaking. So, you know, Clint Barton comes from the circus. And in this book, we've got uh, the ringmaster and uh, his circus of crime. But they've renamed it. And I just thought this was brilliant. It is the Cirque du... I forget what it's called. Cirque du Nuet. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing the Nuet part. But, uh, you know, they, they've, they've, you know modernized it, you know, like a Cirque du Soleil kind of thing. I thought it was a, I thought it was brilliantly done. And it's the first time I think I've ever enjoyed a ringmaster story. So what'd you think, Paul? I loved it. And, you know, it's one of my favorite scenes of the book was, um, there's, you know, Hawkeye is basically, he, you know, he's, I guess about to do some practice or whatever. And they show, uh, I guess, her name's Kate, Kate Bishop, right. but she also goes by Hawkeye. She was from Young Avengers, and she's kind of like his his partner in crime now. That he doesn't want to have sex with. That he does not want to have sex with. Or so he says. <laughs> sure, uh, sure, because that, that always works out, just just the friend thing. Uh-huh. Well, and but, when you say, I don't want to have sex with you, I think that always means that you don't actually want to have sex with somebody. In so, theory. Yeah. No, I think that that's what that always means. <laughs> but um, uh, she's a major character in this issue, and it seems like she's going to be going forward, which is great because I love her character. Yeah, no, yeah. Um, but uh, you know, there's a scene where she's talking to him, and he's pulling back on the bow, and the way it's done is to show that he pulls back on the bow and pulls off his shot before she finishes her first word. Right. And so, like, it shows every panel has a different letter. Right. Of of the words she's speaking while he's pulling back on the boat, and I just—it's really hard to describe, but it is so well done. Oh yeah, very much so. I mean, it is the the book is has such a visual style to it, and the way it tells the story. I mean, you get a little foreshadowing in the first page of the story, you know, of, of where the big action's going to be, and you're like, oh, how do we get there? And the way he ties all that in later on in the book is just terrific. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, and the, here's the problem. The problem is, if this creative team ever leaves this book, much like Iron Fist, it's not going to last. Well, much like Daredevil as well. I mean, you know, look at at you know the the direction that Mark Wade has had on the Daredevil book. I just am having a real hard time visualizing anybody being able to come in and tell the same kind of stories. And and so, I mean, this is this is really kind of a, a snapshot in time. It's kind of a kind of a a superior moment uh, in these stories. I don't know. I don't know how somebody else comes in and, and does the same thing. Yeah, agreed. It's just fantastic. But you know what you have to do, Paul. You have to be in the moment. You got to enjoy it while you got it. Because I guarantee, this book is not going to sell well. Oh, agreed. I this, think. I think we'll. 
if we'll be lucky if we get a dozen issues. Yeah, no, I, I think you're I think you're right. We'll probably get uh, two collections out of this if we're lucky, and we just have to count ourselves uh, fortunate that we got that. Yeah, you think people are just going to stop buying it after say the first issue or two? Um, Andrew, like, Andrew. <laughs> why don't you want me to have a third volume of this book, Andrew? Why do you got to uh, hate? I remember how oh, we used to make fun of you after, what was it, Thor? Uh, how old, hey, what, the Mighty Avenger? Uh-huh. It went, went, what, four issues? Uh, that that series went eight issues. There was a lot of great jokes that came out of that, so uh-huh. I'm really hoping to bring it back here with Hawkeye. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's for the podcast. Uh-huh. It's not for me. It's for the uh-huh. podcast. It's for the listeners. Do <laughs> yeah. it for the, Marvel, cancel this book for the listeners. <laughs> for the listeners of funny books. <laughs> that, <laughs> That's okay, Aaron. All the weeks that Andrew's not here, we'll just relentlessly bash him. That's have you guys been doing that? Kind of do it when you're here. So, (laughs) (laughs) no, Hawkeye Uh, number two is fantastic. Um, I I highly recommend it. I just, I really do. Very enjoyable book. Yeah. Now I know, as much as Paul and I enjoyed Hawkeye number two, I am certain that Paul enjoyed. Green Lantern just as much, and I'm sure Wayne did as well. Well, this week, DC released the first batch of their Zero issues. Uh, We're going to talk about a couple of them on today's episode, starting with Green Lantern number Zero. Uh, Wayne, I'll let you start on this one. This was the the introduction of Baz, the uh, Arab-American Green Lantern. Yeah, and uh, actually, I've got a friend that – I have a friend that's from, from Iraq, and his last name, you know, basically everyone abbreviates to Baz. So he's been all excited to see this character because it's a Green Lantern that has the same last name as him, basically. So I'll be very curious once he uh, borrows my book and reads it to see what his take on it is. I enjoyed the character quite a bit. I enjoyed the story, the origin. I like how it ties into what's going on with Green Lantern, you know, where his ring comes from, for example. I mean, I have to stop you here for a second. You have a friend whose name is Baz. There's a superhero coming out called Baz. And he's borrowing the book from you. <laughs> I, yeah, I just want to say, if, if they ever release a book where the superhero's name is Paul Aponte, I'm buying 100 <laughs> of those. <laughs> That's okay. They'll never do that. <laughs> just, just wanted to clarify. Continue. No, I enjoyed the story. I enjoyed the uh, basically the confusion and the assumption that he's a terrorist that the government makes i uh, i was a little bit bothered by the instant jump that the government you know the basically the portrayal of the government of, as oh they're going to take this guy and torture him that yeah it kind it really bothered me but then they mentioned you know amanda waller it's like yeah in a world with amanda waller yeah i can kind of see that happening yeah i'm a little yeah i was a little I was looking forward to this book, and I was a little bummed at the portrayal of the government, you know, because this guy he steals a van. It happens to have a bomb in it. They think they think he's a terrorist, and they just instantly next page jump to the American government waterboarding this guy and torturing him. Yeah, I do That's love his take on that though. It's like you know what? I get it. If I were you, I would arrest me, and I'd be thinking this too. It just I, I think I don't know. I think they could have done something a little more tasteful with it. Um, but at the same time, I, I'm, I'm curious. I like the character. I like the idea of the character, even if I don't necessarily agree with the portrayal of everything in the issue. And I'm looking forward to, to what they do with it. Uh, you never see Baz in costume in this issue. This is just his origin, and he gets the ring at the end of the issue. And it shows that Hal and Sinestro are still alive. Yeah, I, I, su- 
I'm kind of on the same page. I really like the character. They did a good job of selling this character to me. I didn't like the government's portrayal. I gave it a little bit more leniency because of the mention of Amanda Waller. And I'm still reading uh, Suicide Squad. So it's like, yeah, in a world with Amanda Waller where she does the kind of things that she does over in Suicide Squad, I can accept this a little more. It's disheartening to see in a book. And it's kind of, a, you know, it was kind of the obvious place for them to go. And I'm disappointed that they did it. But they sold me on the character, and I guess that's what was really important for this, because it is the zero issue. The, the thing you're supposed to care about is the character. True, true. I'll, I'll, I, and I do care about the character, and um, I'm, I'm curious to see how he's going to play out in the the rise of the third army that I think starts next month in issue thirteen. So, yeah. well, it, they did something different, and uh, you know, for 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 just that, for having a Muslim superhero, they should be, you know, they should be commended because, you know, it's not easy to introduce that concept, especially to a character as popular as Green Lantern. Well, and they made it an interesting character instead of just a, oh, we need a Muslim superhero. Let's make one. They actually created an interesting character out of him. So another zero issue that came out this week was world's finest. Um, actually uh, world's finest and earth Two both, uh, you know, set in the Earth Two universe, and uh, Aaron Wayne, you guys read these books also. What you What you think? I hated it. Yeah, I hated both. Really? Of them, to be yeah. With you. Uh, wow. I I, I, abs- I hated this book with everything I had. I I am floored. See, I can I do think that uh, so World's Finest had a very different feel than the regular World's Finest book. So like, I've been reading both of these books, you know, as they've come out, and World's Finest felt like an older series. It felt like a 70s book or something. The feel just was not the same as the other books that we've read to get up to it. I can't say that I hated it. It just wasn't as good as the, you know, what we've been reading in World's Finest. I didn't feel like it. I, what I wanted from the Zero Issue, and maybe I'm wrong to expect this, but I want the Zero Issue to really shine some light on the character backstory. I really want it to, you know, tell me things that I didn't know or, or you know, just really kind of move my understanding of the characters. And it didn't do that. I mean, yeah, it shows me a little bit of time with Kara with Superman and and uh, uh, the Huntress with, with her parents. But it just didn't seem like it had any meat on the bones. I, I, I wanted more. I didn't want to – I really didn't want to see a bunch of carnage in the Zero issue. I really wanted to see more development of these characters or a glimpse into the life that they led before other than – you know, oh, you know, this is this is uh, how these two met. I, if the the meeting of these characters, I really wanted to just have more, more. What do you think, Paul? I uh, I enjoyed it. I, I thought the ending was a little ridiculous. Uh-huh. Um, you know, they they fight one battle together, and all of a sudden, we're going to be friends forever. Right? Yeah, uh, I thought that was you. way way too forced of an ending. Well, well and, and, and the we, whole book had a feel of like a seventies book, and that is a total seventies moment. Well, and the the meeting of these two characters should not have been Kara, Supergirl, or Power Girl now in the uh, in the uh, uh, current story saving Huntress. It should have been the two of them working, coming together and working as equals. That is not what this zero issue showed. You know, this the zero issue had where you know uh, the Huntress character was going to die if Supergirl didn't save her, and I just hated that. Yeah, I thought it was I, I thought it was rushed. It felt rushed. Yeah, um, and it felt like and I get that 
it's an, it's an origin tale. It is. It's an origin tale of the team, but it wasn't an origin of the characters, and I was more interested in that. Yeah. And maybe you've already gotten that in the World's Finest series. No. I don't know. No. But um, I just I didn't care for the issue, and I know and I know Paul Levitz is capable of better than that. Yeah, I, and uh, I agree. It, it, the the rest of the series has been better than this. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I've enjoyed the series, and this just this was more Supergirl and her friend sidekick Robin is what yeah. this book read as, and I just you did not get the two characters meeting on equal grounds. It was Supergirl being a hero to to, to Robin. And or Huntress as she would become, and I just I really hated this book. It was it was a missed opportunity, and it didn't do what a zero issue ought to do, in my opinion. Well, I got to be honest, I, I I thought Earth Two number zero was even worse. Oh yeah, no, I hated Earth Two yeah. as well. I I uh, will agree with you guys on that one. I Earth Two, except for the first issue, has been about the new characters, been about Justice Society. This was a Justice League story set in a time frame that, you know, during the, a war with Apocalypse that uh, we saw the end of. So I don't really need to see more of it. And it's focused around a character I could care less about. Yeah. You know, it, so in, in the Earth 2 universe, until the Justice Society comes about, there were only three superheroes. Superman, Batman. Um, excuse, sorry, four superheroes. Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. And Terry Sloan. <laughs> and I'm like, who the hell is this character? And why do I give a crap? Yeah. And, uh, you know, after reading the book, which, uh, you know, after reading 20 pages of Earth 2 number zero, I still don't care about the character. Um, he, he, uh, he, but he's basically the show's a battle with between, you know, the Justice League and uh, the Apocalypse minions. I don't know what they're called. Uh, well, Steppenwolf and his dog soldiers. Yeah, Steppenwolf and his dog yeah. soldiers. And basically out of nowhere, Terry Sloan betrays them. And uh, and that's that's the book. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't understand the importance of that. It's setting him up because he's going to be the, one of the big villains in the next couple issues of Earth 2. But I, I just don't like the character. Yeah. I don't like it, his design. He looks... I don't like well, the concept. When, I, when you oh, pick sorry. up a when you pick up a comic on on the cover, you've got you know Wonder Woman, Superman, and Batman, and then anonymous guy in red and gray suit. Who is it you want to read the story about? You want to read the story about Wonder Woman, Superman, and Batman. But no, we got a story about anonymous guy in the red and gray suit, the least interesting guy on the cover, the least interesting guy in the book, and that's the guy we got the story on. And of course, we have to have a new kind of kryptonite that does something to Superman. Yes, you know. It, oh. Yeah, no, I, I I hated this book. I hated this book with everything I had. The only, the only thing that I thought was good in the book was the art. You know, I enjoyed seeing I enjoyed seeing Superman being Superman. You know, and I kept thinking, why can't we get more of this guy? You know, crazy Superman who's going to kill Wonder Woman because Wonder Woman killed Lois Lane. Yeah. <laughs> so he was crazy. But kill you, kill you all. That's my Superman quote of the of the week. <laughs> <laughs> so so far out of the zero issues, we've only picked up three of them, and the uh, the best of the three was Green Lantern. Well, I will say I picked up a couple. I did pick up Phantom Stranger, which I did not care for, um, and I have not read Animal Man and Swamp Thing yet, but I've heard good things. Um, so, but oh, and I did pick up Action Comics, which wasn't bad. 
but uh, you know, <laughs> but it wasn't great yeah. either. So, it's like I mean, you're de- you're desqu- describing the uh, quality of a bowel movement, Paul. <laughs> yeah. it, 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 it's it, it's like one of those uh, gallstones. It wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't hurt as much as I thought it might. Yeah. And so basically, lies. basically, what happened before the issue ones was, you know, crappy stories. Important, yeah. <laughs> um, which is why they're issue ones. And here's the thing. I mean, some of them may be good. You know, this is only the first week of the event. I did like Green Lantern number zero, which was not a zero issue in the truest sense of the word because it does not take place before issue one. <laughs> um, it actually takes place after issue twelve. Yeah, but um, you know, I, I, I'm obviously I'm still going to give every book I wanted to a shot this month. Uh, I'm looking forward to some of the other ones coming out, like Batman and uh, Teen Titans and. And some of those books. So we'll see. We'll see. But uh, yeah, World's Finest and Earth 2, not so good. Another book that disappointed a couple of us this week was Before Watchmen, Silk Spectre number 3 from Darwin Cook and Amanda Connor. Really? Now, ha- have we established that it's disappointed us? I, I, I was leading the disappointing. Okay, I think cause... we've established that Paul was disappointed. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, I know someone for a fact, was disappointed with this book. Oh, really? Aaron? Who, Paul? A- Who? Aaron, was Who? it you? Tell me, Paul. It was you, Aaron. Yeah, it was me. Yeah, The butler, I, the butler I, did it. <laughs> I, uh, I disliked how much time we spent in this book with her being in a drug-induced state. I did not enjoy those pages. I felt like the what we got in her little uh, drug hallucination or drug uh, uh, experience could have been done in the page. And I'll I, get behind that. I, it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't bother me that much as it seems to do you. But yeah, I agree. They could have definitely shorted down. What was it about six pages? They could have cut that down to say two. Yeah. yeah well, when you spend four dollars on a book and a quarter of it is a hallucination. Yeah. But some of the hallucination I found. I mean, the hallucinations there somewhat as a window into her psyche too, and some of the baggage she's carrying around. I get it. I need. I, it could have been done in the page. I'd that, say too, that, but sure. You know, I'm going to say, you know, you're clearly, you know, very liberal with your spending there, Andrew. Oh, yeah. I'm, I am yeah, much, well, yeah, of course I, he is. This is his last week on the podcast. Yeah, he doesn't I, care. I am. I am much more a fiscal conservative in terms of story. Um, I, I think that it could have been. Uh, it could have been. Yet, and yet Saga. Saga is <laughs> as a conservative as a conservative. Oh, well, you know, it, Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm a fiscal uh, conservative. Oh, not not social. That is exactly correct. Uh, I gotcha. <laughs> okay, well, Aaron, other than the uh, the psychedelic pages, yeah, what um, else did you think? You know, uh, you just know that when her mother reaches out to uh, you know her good friend, who you know thinks that, that that they shouldn't go looking for her daughter, that they need to give her space, and she says, "Well, if you won't help me." I'll find somebody else who'll help me. And you knew, you knew from there, this is going to be bad. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the comedian appears in in this issue of the book. And, uh, oh, fantastic. Yeah, he sure uh, is. I don't want to ruin it, but, man, he shows up to have a little talk. Yeah. Uh, And, and boy, is it a great talk. Well, and and, and I love the options that he gives the kid. (laughs) Neither are good. (laughs) (laughs) You can do option A. Which is bad. Or yeah. you option B, which is really bad. Yeah. yeah. Which one? Both of these are horrible. Both of these are life changing events for you. 
take your pick. <laughs> and, you know, it's not like he gives him the option of, well, marry her. You know, it's right. like he's like, it just settle down and marry her and, and it'll be fine. No, no, no. He wants him gone. Yeah, I thought I thought that part of the book was standout awesome. I when the comedian was on the page, it was a fantastic page. Um, and don't get me wrong, all the pages yeah. are beautifully illustrated. Um, I did not care for the big Silk Spectre fight scene at the end of the book. Really, it wasn't much of a fight. Well, and I just don't like how you know she has no powers. You know, she's just somebody who who is well trained. She walks into the big room, and it just kind of blows my mind that there's not anybody there to stop her. Well, if you look at that, pretty much they're all already distracted. Speaking of full frontal male nudity, um, <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought of Wayne in this one. Yeah, Wayne too, it, yeah. it, it continues the Watchman trend of swinging dong, except yes. it's not blue. Yeah, no, it's a different color. Um. But, you know, they're all somewhat wrapped up in in activities in, you know, who knows if they're high or tripping or whatever. But I just assume they were high. I mean, and that's why more of them didn't try to fight her. Well, it's hard to fight naked. I will say that the reveal of the big bad as Frank Sinatra is pretty awesome. That is pretty cool. (laughs) I thought Frank Sinatra was a little taller, but yeah. Well, he's sitting down. You really don't have a sense of his height here. Yeah, short, but you know, on that big, you know, that, that big uh, kind of top panel where she, you're standing there looking between her legs. Oh yeah, through past her new boots uh-huh. across the room. Did you notice over on the far left? There's this, there's this kind of redhead with the crazy glasses who's on, you know, kneeling, and there she's got her hands, and you can't see exactly what's going on because the boot gets in the way, but. It seems like an odd pose. I'm curious <laughs> to what exactly she's doing there. It's it's almost a saga, sextillion yeah. type moment. There, I think, I think. That, that she <laughs> she is probably employing some kind of apparatus, apparatus that to, may be attached to, to her to drive home her point. Well, and you can see the forearms of the person she's with there. They seem kind of hairy uh-huh. um, yeah. Yeah. on the other side uh-huh. of the booth. Yeah, yeah. But enough about that. Um, I you know I enjoy it. I agree, Aaron. You know. I, you pointed out the the psychedelic does go on a bit too long. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do enjoy her time. You know, kind of in between. I do too. I you know the middle part, the mid part of the book. I kind of like what she's going through there. Well, I love the love the comedian. The the scene where she wakes up and and you know there's something wrong with her boyfriend. You know, after they've enjoyed their 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 night of uh, you know uh, uh, state drugs. enhancing drugs. You know, I. Uh, you know, I, I thought that was kind of that was a nice scene, and you know, oh, I was like, yeah. oh my god, is he dead? You know, I I thought he was dead. Then Same it took here. me a second me to realize. On so on the next couple panels, he's in the hospital, but there's no. It cuts from him being there to him being in the hospital. Right. Yeah. So it took me for a minute. I'm like on the next page. I'm looking. I'm like, why does he have an IV when he's laying on the floor? You know, of right. their bedroom, and then I realized he was in a hospital. Yeah, because yeah, she's she's dressed. She has the same top on. She's just put on pants. Yeah. But in the first couple of panels in the hospital, she you can't see anything above her. You know, neck and the streaked shape. makeup from crying and right. yeah, I yeah, this book this issue was so much better than issue two for me. I do agree the uh, the psychedelic thing lasted too long. Some of it was interesting, but not enough of it. It it stretched on a bit. And I remember when I was reading it, thinking, I wish this would just get to the story. But once it got to the story, I I was sold. This is the kind of thing I want from the from this book, is those reactions, the dealing with her boyfriend in the hospital, and I have to say I know that it can't end well, because you know I've read Watchmen. 
Right. And I, she's obviously not with this guy. And, you know, the, it has to somehow end poorly. But when comedian shows up and does his thing, I was just thinking the whole time. I was like, man, that that sucks. Yeah. I want it to end well for them, but yeah. it can't end well. well. And, you, and you like the guy. I mean, they've yeah, done a really yeah, good yeah. job of making you like this kid. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, you being in that room with the comedian, you're naked and you're all, you know, tied up. This isn't going to end well. <laughs> when the comedian picks up the button, that I just yeah. had a geek moment on that page. Yeah. 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 And just the smile looking at it, it's like, wow. Yeah. And, now- and w- what Wayne's referring to is, you know, the comedian goes to leave a note from the boyfriend in uh, Silk Spectre's room, you know, like a, a, ostensibly a good goodbye note. A Dear Jane letter. Uh, exactly. He is such a fatherly character there, too. He's walking around holding and petting the cat and yep. sets the cat down gently and, and sets the note on the table. And he finds on her on her table, you know, these you know smiley face buttons. And, of course, he picks one up, smiles at it, you know, and takes it with him. And, of course, that would later become the button that gets the bean juice on it in, uh, in Watchmen. So uh, it was it was a nice moment, and you're absolutely right. It was a nice geek moment. Yeah, because it never really made sense why he had that, you know, in Watchmen. Mm-hmm. Why it was so, well, it makes sense that he had one, but not why it was so important to him. Right. Yeah, yeah. He it wear, that he wore it on his flipping. <laughs> you know, he's the comedian, smiley face, but you know that he'd actually have it on his bathrobe while he's sitting there watching, you know, the news. I'm really not comfortable discussing my flair. I also really enjoy the part where she, you know, she succumbs to the subliminal, you know, drugs of of, I need to buy things. Right. And she she does not want to take no for an answer. It's like, oh, I really like those boots. Let me buy those boots. Let me buy those boots. Okay. Then she breaks in the window. Yeah. I'm I'm taking these boots. I love that. Help. I'm being robbed. I'm not a criminal. I fully intend to pay you. (laughs) <laughs> After she's thrown the uh, the trash can through the window, yeah, yeah, yeah. But those are some good boots. They are good boots. She looks good in them. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So we have one more issue of Silk Spectre, I believe. Right? That four makes issue. Me, that makes me sad. Is there only a four issue series? I thought yeah, it was a six it's only, issue series. It's only four issues. According to oh. Comicsology, this is number three of four. According to the cover, this is number three of four. Well, sure. Use your <laughs> eyes. Read. That's, hmm. Well, yeah, I'm wondering where they're going to go with the finale then. I mean, I, um, I'm hoping more shots of her walking around in just a shirt. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I really enjoy the artwork of this book. Now, I wonder if Amanda Connor had drawn Black Kiss 2, would, oh. your, would your perception have been different? The art would have been good suddenly. <laughs> and would you have said, Black Kiss 2, big surprise, comic of the week? I would have said no. I think I would have said, Black Kiss 2, horrible story, beautiful art. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because I'll read, you know, Amanda Connor draws something. I'm I'm in. She yeah, had we, a pretty good run on Power Girl. Yes, she did. I say, we uh, haven't gotten to my comic of the week, and it's not the next one we're talking about either. Are you sure it's not Amazing Spider-Man number 693, Wayne? Can we oh, all sure. can we all just agree that we hate Alpha and that we wish this story wasn't happening? Yeah, I mean, don't you think we're designed? He's designed for us to hate Alpha. I don't think he's written to be a lovable character. I, well, no, I get it. I, I guess what I'm saying is, I hate the Alpha story. Yeah, Not yeah. The Alpha I, story. <laughs> <laughs> I hate the Alpha story with a passion. 
Yes, I am. I am not enjoying where the Alpha story is going. The, for the first time since I started reading Dan Slott's Spider Man, I can say that I am not digging this story. Yeah, I am not in this at all. My only hope is that it's over very fast. There are parts of the book I like. There well, were sure panels like MJ, yeah. MJ in her black dress at her club was great. Yeah, yeah. that's actually what I'm referring to. The uh, <laughs> I like MJ as this type of character. The person that knows basically what she was for Peter when they were married before, you know, a character he can go to and talk to about everything, who knows everything and can advise him. I really enjoy this interaction with MJ. I would like it better if they were still married, but that's not going to happen. I mean, MJ has essentially become Sam Malone to Peter's uh, Cliff Clavin now. <laughs> I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, and I love all of the common sense that she dishes out. She's like every time she shows up, she tells Peter why he's stupid to believe something right. that we've been already screaming at the character. Yep, it's true. But you know what's wrong with this book beyond the fact that you know number one you hate the alpha character, number two the story is moving way too fast for what's going on, and that part of me feels like it's moving so fast because they know what a dog the story is. Um, I'm gonna say those those are kind of contradictory because if you don't like it because of alpha, you should be happy that it's moving. I am, I am, but I mean it 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 seems like they're just trying to get through it. You know, I like Alpha's girlfriend. She's a more interesting character than girlfriends. Yeah, we um, one. The original. The, leader. Oh, the original. Okay. The original one. But there are. She's a more interesting character than he is. There are moments that I enjoy about the book, like I enjoy the fake out that Spider-Man does to the Jackal. You know, where he, you know, the, the Jackal's like, "Hmm, wait a minute, this is this is spider-based toxin. You should have been immune." And and you know, Spider-Man wakes up and he's like, "Hey, Teach, guess what? Acting." You know, uh, I, I like that page. There are little moments that I like. I like it where he's like, okay, we never talked to Kane about this. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I like Peter and Max working together. I did too. Yeah. I thought that was a nice yeah. page, you I know, like where, where, where Max is encouraging him, you know. Um, but I, there's so much of this that I just found irritating. The mistakes that Peter's making are things that other people around him should have said, hey, you know, like the whole alpha, you know, he's not wearing a mask. Everybody knows who he is where he is, who his family is. People know that he's, you know, becoming a super powerful being. Of course, villains are going to show up at his house, you know, so that should never have been a surprise. Yeah, I, I can't imagine that they're going to let alpha remain as a long-term character of the Marvel. Universe. Oh no, I think I, something horrible and terrible will happen. Yeah. Yeah. I, one way or another, I think he will be resolved. Yeah. I think it's going to lead up to Spider-Man 700 where alpha is going to be the bad guy. That's my that's, prediction. That's like six more issues, man. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Seven. Yeah. yeah. I think they're building the story up to issue 700, that this is going to be the major story of 700 and something big will happen, you know, in 700. But I think this is going to be the villain. I hope you're wrong, Wayne. I hope they resolve it like in the next issue. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I hope you're wrong too, but I don't think I am. Yeah. yeah. I think it's going to go till 700. No, I don't think Alpha is going to, uh, be the villain though i think he's going to be he's going to redeem himself in issue 700 but we'll see that's a lot of issues of alpha i'm just yeah don't three months though well and oh, only of two issues a month three uh, i gotta tell you that i i'm on the bubble on jumping off the book for the rest of the story i'm gonna stand I'm for at least here. i'm gonna stand for at least one more but you know the best alpha part of the book is the cover yes i i do like i did i picked it up i saw him the cover I was like oh that's entertaining. And then I open up. I was like, oh, 
it's entertaining, <laughs> but I didn't like the art of the cover. Okay. So I I don't know. I, I can't say I like love it, but I don't really dislike it. I I, don't I know. thought it was an amusing cover. Yeah. I, I just like him. You're like, you know, there, I, I fixed your cover for you. <laughs> And it's got the uh, it's you know it's got his like movie poster alpha thing over the cover of uh, six ninety two, that's been kind of faded out a little bit. Uh, but all right, so Aaron's thing about dr- jumping off, I'm in for one more. Wayne, you you gonna stay on for another one, or are you jumping thing about jumping off too? I'm a glutton for punishment. Uh, that is her. true, Paul. Yeah, I'm gonna stay on a little longer. Okay, uh, we'll so, see. I will probably stay on until at least 700. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to jump out now when they're building up to 700. I just hope that they minimize our alpha becomes less of a story point for some of those issues between now and 700. Because yeah, I want to stay on. He's going to become more of a story point, I'm sure. He, he's the main focus of the last two books. I don't know how you can become more of a story point. But both uh, 692 and 693 both uh, revolved around him, so... Uh, but we'll just we'll just wait and see. So another miniseries that's moving along is is Irresistible, and we're up to Irresistible number two. Uh, this from Xenoscope, is my book of the week, Xenoscope Comics. And I got to tell you what, uh, in issue two, uh, everything starts to go bad for our protagonist. Wayne, tell us what yeah, you thought. Definitely book of the week for me. I, I I love this book, and you know it didn't go where I thought it was. So I was, you know, everything was going to go bad for him. We knew everything was going to go bad, but I didn't predict how it was going to go bad. I thought it was just going to be, you know, he's not going to be, you know, he's not going to have anywhere he can go because there's going to be women everywhere following him. But no, instead we get psycho obsession. That was a much better story than, than just the being chased. And it may lead to the being chased, but the uh, the psycho obsession cutting herself to get his attention that was that was better yeah the, the, those two pages of her doing her thing uh, which I don't go to too much detail about the, those are just brutal pages to look yes at. it's like oh my god and what is going on yeah it's the drama that it's adding to the story that I'm you know I'm gonna enjoy you know the he's gonna he's freaking out about it. he's gonna have to call the hospital he's gonna have to you know rush her in but. I really, I, I'm being blown away by this, and I think at this point I may just be a huge Raven Gregory fan because I, I've enjoyed everything I've read of his lately. I, uh, I get pumped every time I see the ad for Fly Two. Even uh, his Twitter the, feed? Do you love his Twitter feed? <laughs> I, I do because it's not, interesting. Not as much as his Facebook. Ooh, yeah, his, love the Facebook. His Facebook feed. has more pictures. True. So you know, in basically this book, the the first big chunk of it just shows how good his life has become and it's in the yeah. last four pages that uh that his life starts to go to crap so you know there's two more issues of it uh i'm i'm excited to see it of course the art uh by Durles santa cruz uh is is beautiful uh gorgeous yeah. art interior I art love how he's describing how horrible his life is while having sex in a bathroom again yeah it's I, like his life has been so terrible and he can't imagine this. But hey, look what I'm doing now. Everything's gotten good. I am I'm completely creeped out by the notion of sex in the bathroom. <laughs> I like I like how he's crying at one point while he's having sex with a woman. <laughs> yes, because he's got everything he would have ever thought he wanted. But he's obsessed with his ex-girlfriend who doesn't seem to have any interest in him. Nope. Has moved on. New guy. He can't take it. 
Yeah, she's the one person that isn't all over him. And he she's the only one he wants to be all over him. Which I think there's a lesson to be learned here. Wait. Yeah. I think we're near the moral of the story there. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for the next issue of this. Like I said, I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's not going where I thought it would. I knew it would go horrible. I mean, it had to go bad. But I didn't expect it to go bad like this. So, you know, the Valiant relaunch is, is continuing. We've talked before about Exo Manowar. Uh, I think you guys may have talked about Archer and Armstrong number one, but I wasn't here for it. So, Wayne, you read number two this week, right? Yep. I uh, I think this is probably my second or third favorite of the Valiant relaunches because I'm reading everything Valiant as it comes out. Now, there's I only have... four Valiant books out right now, right? Uh, right now, there's Exo, Harbinger, Bloodshot, and Archer and Armstrong. Okay. So, yeah, we're at four right now, but there's more coming very soon. Okay. Shadow Man's getting ready to relaunch. Uh, Eternal Ninjax. Warrior is going to relaunch. Ninjax is guest starring in Exo, and I think he gets his own title after that. Uh, and then probably uh, uh, Time Walker, I think, is the next one up after that. But I have actually told my comic book shop for my uh, for my pool, it is everything Valiant. So I am buying every book Valiant releases at this point. And I, I really enjoy that. I like the original Archer and Armstrong quite a bit. I like the contrasted characters between, you know, this guy that basically grew up in a uh, convent. Or in this case, a, uh, you know, it was a theme park that was built to teach him to be extremely religious and hunt down Armstrong. And then Armstrong, who is a basically a lech, you know, a big drunken lout who goes around and has fun. The contrasting characters is great, and they've done a very good job of giving a good voice to Archer in here. Yeah, see, I, you know, maybe it's because I'm, I'm not – I jumped on an issue too, but th- these two seem very caricatured to me. Like, I think they made it a very big point to try to play up the zaniness. And, and you know, and, and it's just, it's it's over the top, I guess is how I feel about it. Like the like the one thin guy, he's, he's pretty effing ridiculous. And I know you they're know, trying I, to make him out to be kind of nuts. I could but, see that if you picked it up just with issue two, if you didn't get his whole story in issue one that led up to it, he would probably seem like a pretty flat character. No, it's not. He's, it's not that he's flat, Wayne. It's, it's just that I, I feel like the main selling point of the book is to try to play up the difference between your two heroes, and so they do that to the point of. Not, in my opinion, not not fleshing out the rest of the universe, and you know it's only one issue. I get that, but no, and it, that's it, fair. It didn't it's, really, you know, hook me. It's kind of like a buddy cop story without them being cops, and that's all yeah. I wanted out of it. So you know, so I I'm getting exactly what I wanted out of the uh, the relaunch for this. I don't think it's as good as EXO, which has been really the uh, the breakout title of the relaunch. And Harbinger, I've uh, I enjoyed the first issue. Didn't quite enjoy the second as much, but by the third issue, I'm hooked again. And with Harbinger, I'm just excited that they're bringing in one of my favorite characters from the original run. So I'm uh, I'm waiting for her to show up. 
So this one fits nicely in there behind the Harbinger and behind Exo. Still better than Bloodshot, but I'm enjoying Bloodshot too. So yeah, I I may be a glutton, but I'm buying every Valiant book right now, and I'm loving them all. So Paul, so Tim, what do we got next week, Chief? So we've got more zero issues. We've got Batman Zero, Batman and Robin Zero, Batgirl Number Zero, which I think I might pick up. I'm going to see if it explains how she walks again. Um, she put was puts one foot in front of the other, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Paul, I I am glad you were buying that. Because if you buy it, then I don't have to. You could just tell me how she walks, and I don't have to spend money on the book. Eh? Yeah, yeah, I'm probably gonna get it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do care how she walks. I just don't want to pay for the book because I hated the first issue with a passion. No, I didn't hate it. I enjoyed it. I stayed on for the first story arc. Um, before Watchmen, Comedian number three comes out. Very exciting. Avengers vs. X-Men number 11, where the rumor is someone dies. Um, Avengers Assemble number 7 with Thanos. Uh, Journey into Mystery 643. Scarlet Spider, Wolverine and the X-Men. Uh, a lot of good books next week. I heard one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the other day, I, I realized that pumpkin spice lattes were back at Starbucks. I was all sitting there reading you know, comics on my iPad. Yeah, driving there on your Segway. Exactly, and I realized that fall fall is back. Yeah, school's yeah. in session, and kids are playing soccer again. And uh, Andrew, what are you telling me? I'm afraid that you know there are a couple of late games during the season, but for for the most part, I'm I will be out attending soccer and baseball practices on Saturday mornings for the next uh, oh six weeks or so. So, Aaron, I just finished listening to your uh, Fear the Con game and a, a Little Child Shall Eat Them. Uh-huh. Mm. And when I hear this story, I'm thinking, maybe your maybe your con game needs to come true. So we, <laughs> quit, so we could quit having all these interruptions with soccer. So I, what you're saying is that you want the zombie apocalypse to start off at the uh, soccer match so that Andrew can then come back and podcast. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I figure so. I figure we'll all relocate to Texas to your bunker, Aaron. And then I know you have recording equipment that we That's can true. move there. And then we and can I just know you have whiskey and cigars. And I, I have I them laid in. Yeah. I don't yeah. feel like you guys are thinking it through. <laughs> if, the, if the if the zombies don't move well in the cold and you want to go south, you're kind of a moron. <laughs> I'm just saying it's it's worked out for us so far, and uh, uh, you know, a, a small child shall eat them, right? Yeah. Five years now, and, and we've only had like uh, we've only had like forty percent casualties amongst the PCs. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And that's your that's your your math, right? <laughs> so yeah, that could really, that could be anything. That's right. Yeah, that's right. I really it's like the math at one of the conventions. I really enjoyed that actual play. It is the. It is probably the best non Knights of Rainsboro actual play that uh, that I think you've released. Thank it you. was that good. Thank you. That's very kind of you to say. And uh, you know, if you want to hear what Wayne is going on about, um, it is it, we dropped it uh, just last week. And so, if you go to ideologyofmadness.com, you can clink click on the link on the right that says. Also, clink on it too. Yeah, you click on it. Uh, you click on the ideology of madness actual play button and it'll take you right to that it's a big set. So. Oh, another good episode guys oh another book that I forgot to mention coming out next week Aaron huh? Rocketeer Cargo of Doom number two Woo! 
Already? Yeah. That's, you know, that's only been that, two weeks. That means issue three before. will be out in six months. <laughs> hey, after you guys talked about it, I went out and bought issue number one. I haven't read it, but it's on the top of my pile to read because I will buy anything Mark Wade writes. Well, just like I apparently will buy anything Daryl Gregory writes. This this isn't looking good for me. I'll buy anything Valiant releases. I don't buy anything that two different writers, you know. You're, you're, that's why I have too many books. You meant Raven Gregory, right? Yes, I meant Raven Gregory. I mean, Gregory. Daryl Gregory, too, but... I just want to <laughs> clarify, because Daryl Gregory is counting on those sales, and they didn't work out so well for his Dracula book. Yeah, what the no. hell? Oh, Thanks I a see. lot, Wayne. <laughs> I love his Dracula book. I love his Dracula book, too. Has he yeah. done trade. So... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's traded by it in trade. Um, now, does did, did Daryl Gregory, has, has he written any other comics recently? Uh, Planet, Planet of the, of the Apes. Apes. He's still doing Planet of the Apes. Yes, sir. Okay. Which is still very good. Absolutely. Because it's written by Raven, I mean Daryl Gregory. <laughs> it's you know, you know you can get confused. So I'll just buy everything written by someone named Gregory, and you know before long you will see me on that collection show. Yeah. You know, just uh, just to throw this in, I wasn't on last week, but um, uh, I'm sure Aaron talked about how great Bionic Woman number three is, and I just like say Bionic Woman number three by Paul Tobin, with art by Lino Carvajal. It's fantastic. It was fantastic. Wait, Bionic yeah. Woman number three was great. But I didn't talk about it on last week's show, Andrew, because like yourself, I was out sick. We don't listen, Andrew. Yeah, Andrew. Sorry. Yeah. You know, I'm just your a, iPad. It's I, just I, a cover up so his wife won't realize they were having gay sex. I'm hey. just saying the best book, the best line of the book is where uh, was where Bionic Woman's, you know, buddy, her her kind of sidekick, you know, is, is head in the shower. She sticks her head back and goes Hey, so, uh, uh, yeah, I'm sort of a lesbian. Are you? <laughs> she, just goes, she just goes, no. Yeah, oh. I, I was my panel of the of the book. That was She's my like, favorite panel. It replies, ah, uh, damn. Uh, mm, eh, li- okay. Live and let live. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> Heads enough back. The, that's enough of the retconning. <laughs> Talk to you guys next week. Yeah. Bye now. Bye. Bye, Tim. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast. starting to detect something and i could be completely off here but sometimes i feel like we get on tim's nerves no yeah it's all in your head okay